Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome. This is the Investor Coaching Show, and I am Paul Winkler, talking money and investing. How Biden's digital dollar destroys freedom. That was in my uh, my inbox and in my email, and I read it so you don't have to. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, the digital dollar is now reality. On November 15, 2022, the Federal Reserve announced that they are now testing the digital dollar. They'll be joined by major banks like Citigroup, HSBC, MasterCard, Wells Fargo. And you should be scared. Oh my goodness, I should be scared. Why am I not scared? Um, I guess I, I, I bucked the system. I guess that's just me. Uh, they'll be able to know what's in your accounts and what you buy, limit what you purchase, and the causes you support. Take everything away at the click of a button. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? So what I, what I did is I dutifully clicked through to find out what it was that I should do about this to protect myself. And I bet you could guess what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to buy gold, okay? That's what I'm supposed to do is buy gold. And interestingly, they're going to take my dollars for their gold that they have. And I guess they're just not, they're going to take the hit for me. They're, they're actually going to, which is really, it's really nice of them to take the hit for me and take my dollars off my hand so that I don't have to lose my freedoms and have everything taken away at a click of a button. They'll just have everything that they have now because they've got my money that they'll have all their stuff taken away at a click of a button. That's that's kind of kind of them, I think. Don't don't you guys? I mean, that's not, so um, so here's what I think is interesting. Okay, so they, I buy their gold, and I get their gold, and and I have a bar of gold someplace, and now I've got to go to the grocery store and buy something. So I've got to take my gold, and I've got to turn it back into dollars which will allow the government to track the dollars so that I can buy something at the grocery store because the grocery store, last I noticed, didn't have a place to take gold shavings and buy groceries. And I noticed that the clothing store didn't have that either, and nor did Walmart, nor did Amazon. They didn't take gold last I, I saw. So I have to turn it back into How is gold going to protect me from this calamity? The answer is that it is not. And yet, we are sold this kind of thing all the time. You know, if you look at what we've got out there, we've got so much of our currency actually in digital form already. You know, we look at how much of the buying and selling that you do already that's trackable. You know, so if you look at our currency, and I've talked about this before, but it bears repeating, it's like 90, over 90% of our currency is in digital form or in zeros and ones already. And if you look at how much of our currency is in physical form and how many times do you actually go to a store anymore and take out a dollar bill or a $5 bill or a $20 bill and do any buying anyway? I mean, you just don't do that. That's not how things work. But 
That doesn't stop them from selling this stuff to you. Okay. Uh, Social security, switching gears here for a second. Now, this is a big topic and... This has been kind of the topic all week long about the debt limit and, you know, conversations about the debt limit, what they're going to do. And in general, you know, Social Security benefits, this has always been a concern every time that they talk about raising the debt limit or not raising the debt limit. How is this going to affect Social Security? Now, a lot of politicians will use Social Security as kind of this fear thing, a fear tactic. Oh, guess what? You know, seniors... They're going to take away your social security if they don't raise the debt limit. And if we look at what's going on right now, you've got, you know, they're talking about if they hold up checks for social security, the debt ceiling crisis could trigger a household financial crisis. Now, how many politicians do you know of that are excited about the idea of you being thrown into a quote unquote crisis? Not many. Because they're, they know that their re-election odds are pretty much somewhere between slim and none. Number one. And it said in this uh, one article, it was in Wall Street Journal, any disruption to Social Security would be burdensome for beneficiaries' ability to pay rent, utilities, out-of-pocket, medical expenses, and groceries. So the likelihood of that having it is, is pretty low. But they said that, you know, if you look at it through history, raising the, the limit, the debt limit, has been pretty routine to cover anything that Congress has already approved, and that would be one of those things, Social Security. But if you look at the payroll taxes, now this is the big thing that people worry about, Social Security going, bre- going broke, right? So for many, many years, you had all this money coming out of people's paychecks to pay for people that were physically in retirement. That's Social Security. So you have way more money coming out than was needed to pay for the people that were in retirement. Right now, you're hearing people that the whole system's going broke. And what it is, is that the extra money that was put into government bonds, you know, which is where the government borrows money, they have put all this extra money for years. And they're going to spend through that money over the next approximately 10, 11, 12 years. But here's the thing. If you look at last year, the payroll taxes that came out of your paycheck for Social Security. Now, payroll taxes, think of it this way. you got two different tax systems here. You've got your regular income taxes, and if you're married filing jointly, you might be able to earn like $27,000, $28,000, and you pay no taxes, no income taxes on that. Your next $20,000 of income is going to be taxed at 10%. Your next approximately $60,000 of income is taxed at 12%. So... If you earn income that's up there at that threshold, some of it is, at st- is always at zero. Some of it's always at 10. Some of it's always at 12. And then if you go up to a 22% bracket, that's the next one up. Some of your income is taxed at that. So you may be in an average tax rate of nine. A lot of people get this confused. They don't get how our tax system works. It's a gradient. It's gradual or graduated, as it's called, a graduated tax system. Your social security tax is dollar one. So you look at that and you go, oh, I'm in retirement and maybe I'm working a little part-time job on the side and I'm collecting social security. But if you're still working, you're still paying some social security taxes. And if you're self-employed, you're lucky enough to pay it on both sides. You pay you know, the social security is a 6.2 on your side, and then you got 6.2 on the, on the employer side. 
is what happens. So what happens here is that with those payroll taxes, which is a lot of income if you think about it, it's 6.2 on both sides. That's a lot of money coming out of people's paychecks going to people that are receiving Social Security. And that continues even into retirement if you're working a part-time job. Now, if you're not working at all, this is something I do with financial planning. I will go, hey, what's your income minus what are you saving for retirement? So what's your income minus what you're saving for retirement? That's net what you've got income-wise. Now I take out of that your Social Security taxes because you won't be paying those in retirement. And that gets me down to around what your budget probably is. It gives me an idea what your budget is in retirement. Now, that tax right there has been enough to pay almost all of Social Security. So they're collecting enough in taxes. It's not really negatively affecting the budget, you know, so to speak. So, so we look at that. That's why we look at Social Security. It's, it's actually a different area than the regular income tax revenue. It's, it's actually counted for separately. Now, if we have any delays in Social Security, it's likely to be pretty short. And the reality of it is it's just being used as a political football right now, unfortunately. And that's the other thing about Social Security, as a matter of fact. Uh, they're actually already estimating what the Social Security increase is going to be for a COLA uh, for this year. They're estimating that it might be somewhere in the neighborhood because we had some pretty high increases the past couple of years because of inflation. And they're looking at it, estimating it at only like 3.1% for 2024. So that's a, that's a much reduced uh, increase for inflation for next year. Now, if they looked at the estimate, uh, the Senior Citizens League actually did some research on this. And I thought this was interesting because they said that over from the year 2000, which is when I opened this company till now, there has been a 36% loss, 30, 36% loss in purchasing power for Social Security. For, for, so for those of you, and you think about what are the implications of this? The implications of this is that Social Security is sort of fixing the funding problem on their own by reducing the percentage increase in the benefits due to inflation. Because what's happening is they're, they're increasing the benefit less. Now, why is this? Well, the reason is, is because if you look at how we determine the COLA, the cost of living increase, we use what is called the consumer price index is how we do this. So what we do is we look at a basket of goods that urban people in the urban population typically buy. And what happens is we look at these urban customers and what we find is that the urban customers act a little bit more like the elderly. You know, and that's, those are two different types of CPIs. You got CPIE, which is the experimental or the elderly consumer price index, and then you got the CPIU, which includes those urban customers, and they're more alike. But what we use to determine the Social Security COLA is a different one. We use CPIW, which is the wage earner one. And because of that, there have been people pushing out there, we got to go to the elderly one. 
Because if you look at the older people, they tend to spend money, more money on healthcare expenses. And that increased inflation on healthcare expenses is not included in the data. So therefore, that's why there has been a 36% drop. That's pretty significant in living standard income from Social Security. So uh, here, the, and, and what's the implication of this? The implication is as an investor, this is why I think it's important that investors don't back off too much regarding their investing in equities or stocks because stocks historically have been the best hedge against inflation. And too often what I find is older people, because they're scared of stocks, they go and buy annuities and fixed income investments that don't have a prayer of protecting them against inflation. It's another reason why I talk about this so often. Because so often what happens is the investment advisor, oh man, you need not, you can't take as much risk in, in retirement. And what they do is they push you more into things that have inflation risk. That is the problem here. Don't fall, don't fall for it. I mean, it's really can be pretty, um, it, it's, you know, in the problem with inflation is it sneaks up on you. It's a silent tax and it sneaks up on you. And before you know it, you're in your 80s and you're going, gosh, look at the price of food. Look at the price of things. Oh my goodness, I can't keep up anymore. And that's where people start to get nervous about running out of money. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., PWI, an investment advisor registered in the state of Tennessee. PWI does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. This information is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any securities.